Hello there and welcome to another episode of the Michael Likes Stuff podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm glad you're listening. Of course, it's me, Michael. Joel, my brother and I did another recap podcast. We got another Clingers Have Spoken coming at you right now. Sorry it's a day late. I had some technical difficulties, but more just stupid difficulties on my part. So uh, thanks, Joel. Joel mixed this for us. So thank you. This podcast was produced by Joel. Um, A lot going on in our world, a lot going on uh, everywhere. Just busy, busy, busy times. March Madness, my bracket's busted. Gonzaga losing has completely finished me off. So yeah. But anyways... The weather's getting better. Survivor's on TV. I hope you enjoy this episode of The Clingers Have Spoken, and I will be with you again next week. See ya! Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of The Clingers Have Spoken podcast. I'm Joel Klinger. Alongside me through Zoom, as always, is my brother Michael. And we just witnessed the third episode of Survivor 42. Michael, a banger. How are you feeling? What's up, Joel? It was a banger of an episode. It was awesome. It was a awesome. tribal for the ages. Anytime you go into tribal with 20 minutes left in an episode, you know something's about to just go down. And like, man, it either, was awesome. Either something really exciting or, or some uh, social issue will be brought up that will take a really long time to parse out. One of those things will happen. True. And lucky for us, it was uh, stupidity and chaos and things coming to light that not everyone knew. Um, so I say, like, there's a lot of things, and we'll, we'll get to uh, to all of them. Let's just start briefly. We'll briefly go through the whole episode, and then we'll spend the majority of time on uh, people's smart or dumb decisions uh, later on. Um, so th- this episode, let's start off. Not, not nothing really exciting happened. Marianne has an extra vote, and she told everybody. Maybe we'll see that later. Um, People to need the- to stop telling everyone their stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Marianne, like she trusts a lot, and it's like, wow, you almost got voted off. Like, do you realize you're number four? Um, <laughs> so yeah, maybe not. Uh, not the smartest thing, but. Uh, so she also finds the beware advantage in front of Omer and tells everyone that she has the beware advantage. So she could have potentially two extra votes, but now she has a one and no vote. And then we see her before the challenge actually say the phrase. What's what's her phrase again? Mailbox. This uh, reminds me of the story of the cat eating dinner in a mailbox, the rabbit eating dinner in a mailbox. Yeah. Something and, like that. I mean... I could totally see her saying stupid crap like that all the time anyway. So I feel like it kind of works for her. I feel like anybody else would be like really obvious, but it's like, unless you're Mike or Daniel or Jenny, you really have no idea. <laughs> like you're like, Oh, this girl's weird. Okay. She said something weird, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah. Or I'm anyone thinking. on her tribe. Cause she's told everyone. True. True. Um, so that happens. And also the only other thing that happened before, the uh you know competition daniel just loses mike's idol like this is like a it, this the whole the whole green tribe it's like a comedy of errors except for like hi lydia and jenny the rest of them 
it's just like, yo, <laughs> like, what is, I mean, so how would that even work if they just lost the idol? Would they just lose it? And I was just like, you just lost your vote until the merge? Yeah, that's what would happen. I mean, Mike is dumb. Daniel is a complete mess. <laughs> He's all over the place. Like, it's always like these people that think they're really smart, like they went to Ivy League, but they have no common sense. And they, they always end up getting outsmarted by like a regular person that went to, has an associate's degree and is actually way smarter than them. And it's just like, what are you doing, dude? He's a mess. Right. He uh, he kind of gives me like wannabe Stephen Fishback vibes and they like know each other. Like he like he's familiar with them. Um and I feel like he's trying to play chess when everybody else is playing checkers and it's like, "Bro, you kind of got to play checkers sometimes." You know what I mean? Like you can't just be like thinking 15 steps ahead in every direction because there's only one direction, you know? Like like you're you're really freaking yourself out here and your mind's all over the place. You're losing everything. Everything. I mean, Lydia and I are completely oblivious to the whole, like, beware advantage, extra vote situation, no vote situation. But even they're like, this dude just, like, loses everything. <laughs> like, like what, is, what is going on with this guy? Like, he's, he's just falling apart over here. Yeah, that was hilarious that they, like, showed him losing his swim shoes or whatever. And they, like, Lydia was like, to high, he's like, he loses everything. And I thought that was just going to like a, be a funny one-off moment. And then next the thing you know, he's lost the immunity idol. Yeah. Um, yeah. So luckily they find it, even though like they're both like, you know, I gave it to you. No, you didn't. And they argue. And then Mike's actually right this time and actually finds it. So good for Mike. Um, they get to the challenge and the challenge is just like, oh my goodness. It is like a mess dude the waves were crazy i don't know if you saw like the one shot but there was one shot where swati is like trying to swim forward underwater and is going nowhere i mean she was just like stationary underwater trying to get to the ladder and it's like i mean i guess there's no like weather delay on survivor there's you know there's no rain delay there's no nothing it's just like we're gonna put you out there you know we're not gonna let you die but we're not gonna let you do a challenge very well <laughs> i mean they have they have to do a challenge almost every day there's only 26 days like you and it's not like it was going to get better as it got later in the day either so i mean they've got to do the challenge that they have prepared yeah i mean swathy probably should have swum on top of the water till she got to the ladder because undercurrent, you know, is on the bottom and it's going out. And then the the current on the top is going in. But, you know, that's a different it's a different story. I didn't know you knew a lot about ocean anatomy like that. I mean, that's that's pretty common knowledge. Like that's how the current works. It goes if you've ever stood in the ocean, your legs are getting pulled out and then your top half is getting knocked in. Hmm. Interesting. I haven't been in the ocean that much. Good to know. Um, yes, it was just absolute chaos. Um, but one guy just handled it like he was flying through it. I mean, Jonathan was like 
I don't know what what you know a good descriptor would him of him for would be in that, but he was the only one doing anything. Like he he like just manhandled everything. Like he swam great. As soon as his feet touched the sand, it was over. He just picked up that letter and just said, "Come on, guys." He dragged Lindsay. He dragged Marianne. He dragged Omer. I mean, dude, just like totally won that challenge. I feel like that's worth like four individual immunity challenge wins. What he did. I mean, in in survivor challenges in the water, being tall is one of the biggest advantages that you can have. Like being able to have your feet planted in the sand way before everyone else is a huge advantage. And obviously he still did way better in the challenge than the other big dudes, Roxroy and Mike. He did way better than those guys. I mean, Jonathan was he's a beast, man. He's a he is a complete beast. And honestly, he has like no chance of winning this of winning the game, like because of how much of a beast he is. Like he's gonna be target numero uno at the merge. But I mean, his tribe is happy to have him around. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, he's a great shield, right? You know, you 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 make it to the merge. You're limited in numbers. They only have four. They've only lost one competition, but they're still only a four when both the other tribes are at five. And well, now you know, like, okay, well, if the other tribes gang up and vote somebody out, it's probably not going to be Omer. You know, no one's looking at Omer and being like, we gotta we gotta get this guy out. You know, you know, we gotta we gotta cut this guy. No. Like the Greek god over there that beat you guys to death in those challenges, that has somewhat of a social game apparently, is the enemy. Like that's like a clear, <laughs> that's a clear Goliath right there. Uh, but yeah, they 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 had to call the 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 competition the challenge, and basically put everybody like two steps forward in the challenge. I felt that was fine. How, how, did you feel okay about that? I felt great about it. I mean, I didn't. You would much rather have them do that than them have to stop the challenge and call like the like swim team out to come and save somebody. And I mean, it made it still made for drama. Like, oh my goodness, they had to pause the challenge in the middle and everyone had to get out. And I think it was fair. I mean, neither of those tribes, both of those tribes seemed to be happy just to be out of the water. So I don't think they were complaining about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we got to the uh, the shooting, right? So Orange had already won by the time everything got called. And then we got to the, the shooting with the balls on the levels. Um, did you see Chanel's tweet today? No, I did not. So Chanel tweeted out a photo of herself that apparently Survivor put up put doing the the uh, the shot thing, like the jump, jump shot. And... All she said was money. (laughs) Just like JD. Just like JD. Oh, my goodness, man. Uh, So these people actually seem much more competent at the actual, you know, challenge than JD. Um, Did not have the same confidence, but they were better than him. Um, And they got it up there and blew one and green with a tribal. And uh, Orange Tribe picked Chanel and Omer to go to Chipwheel Island. And I, this was like very standard episode so far. I was like, they're going to go, you know. Well, there's one thing I have to say still about the challenge. Sure. Is Roxroy for the Blue Tribe gets five of six of these beanbags by himself. And then they put Drea out 
to finish it. Like his rocks were like, I'm sorry, guys, I can't throw another beanbag. <laughs> Why would you trade out at that point? Dude has hit five, right. in a, not in a row, but like obviously he's gotten a feel for it. You're going to put someone fresh out there. I thought they were very fortunate to not lose that challenge after pulling some nonsense like that. Drea's first bag that she threw was not anywhere close. Terrible. They got, she was very lucky. Blue Tribe was very lucky tonight. Yeah, I feel like the, the I always wonder that in challenges. In in other challenges it makes sense, right? Cuz maybe you've been in the water and you've been really taxed with your with your energy, you know, you, it's like you've been you're really tired. This they literally pulled them out of the water. I'm sure it was like 20 minutes to like get them all out of the water, give them a breath and like get them going. And it's like no one's tired at this point. Rocks looked fine. He was just knocking them in, you know. Um and you just ride the hot hand, right? That's just, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, so we move on, and Omer and Chanel go to Shipwell Island. And I, this was so standard. I was totally unprepared for what was about to take place. But I th- I'm on this podcast, either last, I think it was last week, um, I was like, I really want to see somebody lose their vote. I really want to see everybody risk it. It hasn't happened yet through all the things last season it never happened and of all the times this was the least likely time to happen you got somebody going to tribal um i believe that daniel i believe that daniel told her that mike does not have a vote um if he doesn't again that's just a huge miscommunication between those two but i think that he did tell her that so now you're in a situation where you're on a five, a six-person tribe. There are five votes. You're in the majority of three. What in the world? Are you serious? You're going to risk this vote? And then to to have a horrible conversation with Omer where it's like, hey, as long as we can both get an advantage, let's take it. But if we can't, then just walk away. Chanel like, is at like... A train wreck episode for like for Chanel. I don't know what she's thinking. She's sitting there. They're sitting on the ground at the top. She says, I have to play it safe tonight. I'm not going to risk my vote unless we make a pact. We can both get something. And he's like, I just, you know, I'm here and I want to like make sure that I'm building trust with you. That's what he said to her. I am here to build trust with you. That's what I want. I'm not in trouble in my tribe. She says, I cannot lose my vote. And then it was almost as if they did the exact opposite, both of them, of what they said they were going to do. I was like, I guess they're both going to protect their vote, and it's going to be boring. And nope. Yeah, it was like they both came in preaching trust, safety security and since they both have that same message they left that conversation and were like okay i'm getting good vibes from this person i trust them that they're gonna be safe so uh i'm gonna risk it it's like you've known this person for 15 minutes omer's out here talking about how you know almost all of uh you know nonverbal communication is body language it's like, yeah, of course, you know, first off. Second off, like, you've known this person for, like, 15 minutes. Or you've walked up a hill together for an hour. 
I mean, can we uh can we pause on on that on on that for a second? Like yeah, I mean, that was an unbelievable decision for her to make at that point in the game. The only reason I could think is that she didn't know Mike didn't have a vote, but I would assume that Daniel had told her being as they were number ones. I think she knew that. I think she knew that. I think she was just like Omer said he's going to protect his vote so that he's not going to mess me over. And Omer's like, she said she's going to protect her vote so I can risk my vote. Right. And it's just like, but then it's like a classic case of like, okay, they're going to do what they said, but I'm sneaky and smart, so I'm going to do something else. Without right. thinking that the other person is also trying to be sneaky and smart. And, you know, you could go through a loop with this. Like, you could think, oh, well, if I'm thinking this, and they're probably thinking that, which means I should think that. But what if they're thinking that, too? So then I, and you could just go on and on and on and on. So I understand how it can happen. And that's like, that was like the reason, like, if stuff like that happens, just another, like, I don't think I know too many Survivor fans that are crazy about Shipwheel Island, but it actually made for an interesting dilemma. I like it with two people more than three. Two people is better than three because in three people, someone is going to be the safe guy. Right. But in two people, if they're both like, play it safe, play it safe, one person and probably two are going to try to get something, especially if the other person said they're a safe person. So yeah, that's what happened tonight. It was interesting. You really want to go in and say, I'm going to risk my vote. Like Brad did last season. He was like, I'm, I'm taking it. Like, I'm going to do it. (laughs) I don't care. I want an advantage. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, If you guys want to also lose a vote, then that's fine. But if you don't, then don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it kind of reminds me of, you know, the Princess Bride scene where uh, uh, Carrie L was talking to that guy that kidnapped the princess. And he's like, only a fool would think that you put the poison in front of me. Of course, you want to put it away from yourself. But I'm smarter than that. You know, it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> like, you need to cool it like for a second. Um, Inconceivable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's just like that decision, just logic was turned off and she was like, I'm on survivor. I'm gonna make something happen. And sometimes that's the wrong message to send, I guess. Uh, so she goes back and she doesn't even know she has a vote, which I feel like makes the whole build up to tribal so much better because no one knows. Like Omer doesn't know. Chanel doesn't know. No, like they don't know if she has a vote or not. Um, but she gets back and she's like, hey, I may have lost my vote. <laughs> she looked <laughs> like, like when she she got off the boat, she's like bending over. She looks exasperated, which sent, said to me, she thinks she lost her vote. <laughs> like she was already regretting that decision. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, then Daniel's like, well, crap. Like, OK, well, let's hope we're going to go in and, and hope that you got an extra vote. And we're going to stick with the plan and all this stuff. It did, was it High that suggested splitting the vote 3-1? Who, who suggested that? Because that doesn't make any sense. High suggested that. And then Chanel was like, so what's the math on that? He's like, it doesn't make sense. I'm just saying 
in case something happens. <laughs> and it's like, but if it doesn't make sense, then if something happens, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So, I, like, I feel like Chanel could have just been like, okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, perfect. If you, yeah, you and, uh, you and Lydia want to split your vote? That'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I thought, too. I was like, yeah, okay, well, we'll just have you be the one, and then we'll all vote. And But then she was like, no, it needs to be what I said, so it's my plan. And it was just the rest of the episode from the time she gets back is a comedy of errors. Right. Yeah. Just really stupid stuff. Daniel. The second she leaves, like as soon as she comes down the mountain, flips that wheel, it is just like a chaos. Yeah. Like Daniel's just going from run group to the others. Like, oh, sorry. I was talking to them just to keep appearances. I'm totally with you guys. Yeah. Just like. If I'm one of those people, I'm like, is it is that's what you just said to those people, right? So yes, yes, but I'm with you though. <laughs> it's like, dude, you're a mess, Daniel. And you know, I feel like he was very loud about everything that he was doing. I don't feel like subtlety is a part of his game or a part of his personality, even, um, because it feels like he's thinking so much, but he also just says what he's thinking like he, he he can't really um keep it cool stay calm he's just like you know i in tribal he starts he's like i need i need somebody to make me calm and then he didn't mention hi or lydia how do you not how do you not mention that maybe you're wanting to keep the other people safe but it's like that does not send a message right like well I, you know hi hi was that like that was the first thing. Oh, now, Hi might have been thinking I'm not splitting with Lydia the whole time, but on TV they made it seem like Daniel saying that, and then was it Jenny that said something else about like, and that uh, then they then he was looking at him like. So the way they cut it, and I mean Hi could have been reacting to anything, but the way they cut it is, uh. Daniel says that Jenny starts talking and then Chanel looks over to Daniel and mouths Lydia. And it's like, which hi, you know, they made it look like he totally saw that. Right. Which I mean, he may not have, he um, may have for but all it's we also know. Like, why are you confirming? There's, there was never a conversation. It was like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. We want a tribal council. This is who we're going to vote. I don't need you to to openly say or mouth who we're voting out. That does me a disservice. Like, that's that's poor. Like, I don't, you know, we don't need to converse. Like, I got you. You got me. We're, we're tight. We're cool. Um, It's just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. It was pretty bad. And, um... Okay, so this is a question that I thought about, and it wasn't answered on the episode. If you don't have a vote, can you play a shot in the dark? No, I don't think so. Because uh, you can't vote if you play your shot in the dark. So it's right. it essentially costs you your vote. But Correct. if you don't have a vote to pay for the sh- to use the shot in the dark, then I guess you can't play it. But, um, yeah, I mean... 
them having four votes in a tribe of six was not good. Like, what are these guys doing out here? It was awesome. I don't know. It was awesome. <laughs> I I was like, maybe they'll do a fire making challenge or something. Yeah. But um but it I, was interesting. I kind of I love the idea that they vote and then Mike and uh Chanel can't vote, but they can like talk. Like I I liked that. And then they do have to draw rocks if they don't. Because I mean Chanel's was a specific choice. Chanel's was if you do this, you may lose your vote. Mike's was, here's a piece of paper that says advantage on it. There's something good with it. There may be something bad with it. It also says beware. It does say beware. So it's kind of like, you know, that that kind of of penalty is inferred, I feel like. And I I you know, I think neither of them wanted to draw rocks, especially when they didn't have a vote. That would suck. Um, but I love that they had to draw rocks if it were to come to that. Um, Definitely. I mean, they caused it to be there. It would be it would be perfect if they drew rocks and one of those two went home. That would be have been a perfect scenario. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been awesome. But, if- I mean, it was never going to go to rocks because Daniel is way too self-centered and too wishy-washy to go to rocks. Yeah. In any well, cer- He said I'm not going to rock. I don't want to go to rocks on day 7 or whatever. I was like, dude, you wouldn't go to rocks on day 30. <laughs> you know, he's just not that type of person. Yeah. Um Yeah, the whole the whole thing was uh was chaos. Um I tweeted out Daniel at the beginning of the episode it says I love where I am. I love being in the middle with Chanel. And then also Daniel, like 10 hours later, says, hi, listen, man, I'm with you. This is all Chanel's fault. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, oh my. He was like, well, to be honest, I was just voting for what Chanel wanted in her place or whatever. Oh my gosh. And it's like, I don't, it's like no one believes that. Like no. I can believe that you'd rather Jenny go home than go to rocks. I can believe that. But for you to say that you were just doing voting because this is what Chanel wanted to do. It's like, then you don't get a vote and we know you're not that type of guy. So it was, it was pretty transparent from Daniel and from Chanel. Chanel was like, don't, don't bring me up. It's like, like this wasn't your plan. And then she, she's looking at Chanel at one point looks at Lydia and calls Daniel a snake and she wanted Lydia out. Obviously it was four against two and they think that high is going to be okay. We can get rid of Lydia and then he's going to be down four one as opposed to getting Daniel to come to him and then being up three, two. Right. I mean, are y'all dumb? Yeah. That's, uh, it was, it was awesome. Cause I mean, you, you got high sitting there. He's got one ally on this. Clearly he has one ally 
he's not gonna he's not gonna flip on her. And like Mike was like, "Is there any chance that you change your vote?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> no, no." <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean, Mike? This is your this is your ally against my ally, and um, you don't have a vote. So I'm pretty sure I'm gonna do what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, like I would much rather have a 25% chance of drawing the black rock or the white rock or whatever. I would much rather draw a rock with a one in four chance of going home than go to another tribal council down four one in votes. Yeah. I mean, that's what his choice was. I can't believe that they didn't understand. That's where he's coming from. Of course, high's probably at camp telling those guys, Oh, I'm with you guys. Because that's just what you do before you ever go to tribal. And you tell everyone that you're with them. And that's why he was like, looked at Jenny and was like, Jenny, I'm sorry to tell you this, but I voted for you. Like everyone already knows that. Right. But, you know, like that, that's kind of, it was kind of like, everyone's like, oh, it really is like this. Of course, we knew it was like that, the viewer at home, but they did not yeah it's um it was it was insane to watch it all fall out i feel like daniel just said too many words i think he made the correct decision in the end but he just threw everything on chanel and it's like bro because he literally said that with mike's advantage she was like it's great because i have the knowledge without any of the penalty and I feel like his whole game to this point was having no penalty, having no enemies, having done nothing wrong. And that does not last very long in Survivor. You you can't you can't just shake off any blame. And he was continuing to try to do that. Shake off blame, throw it all on Chanel, who is the one person that you actually really need in this tribe. And you're really just chucking her under the bus and trying to escape. Yeah, I uh, I think at the very tail end of last week's podcast, I said Daniel is my dark horse. Daniel has zero <laughs> chance of winning the game at this point. Like even it, even more of a dark horse. If right your if your original tribe does not like you, then you have no chance at the merge. You could make it to the end as a goat, but you're not making it to the end and then getting votes. That's yeah. just not happening. And even like when they were drawing up like alliances, it was like Mike and Jenny were a two person. Hi and Lydia were a two person. And then even Chanel was like, and that kind of leaves me with Daniel. <laughs> it's like it's like, well, well, you guys better like each other. <laughs> you gotta work that out. Like you're alone. You're alone. Like yeah. and and now they're both just so alone because Daniel just had a complete debacle at tribal that only was made possible by Chanel losing her vote stupidly. It's just an unbelievable comedy of errors from those two. They were in a fantastic place in the game and now they're in real bad shape and they better hope their tribe wins the next two because I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they, like, lose the next three immunity challenges or something like that. Just, just like, you know, 
I feel like people downplay like whether being a cohesive unit matters, but like your morale, like your what's going on at camp, that spills over into the challenges too. And like that tribe is a mess. So High and Lydia now have an unbreakable bond. Right. But then it's like three people that aren't really tied to each other other than that. And, and so High and people, Lydia are probably in the driver's seat now. Right. And they're three people that may never, ever, ever want to work with each other again. You know, it's uh, High and Lydia, they knew where they were. You know, it's kind of like, of course, Lydia's not going to want to go home. Of course, High's not going to want Lydia to go home. They've done nothing to seem shady. They've done nothing to seem dumb. Um, and Daniel and Chanel obviously have. So it's kind of like, you know, what do you do? Like, what's the, for Chanel, like, what's the path forward? Is it to just go to High and Lydia and just beg? Because Mike doesn't have a vote. And you're not just going to trust Daniel alone. I mean, based on the, tri- at the end of the tribal council, that's kind of what it looked like Chanel was doing, was trying to save face with High and Lydia and basically throwing Daniel completely under the bus. Yeah. So maybe maybe they'll vote one of them out next week or whenever they go back. I feel like this does kind of set up for a perfect like merge tribe where it's not just like it's our tribe against your tribe. If this tribe merges right now, it is just a free for all. Like it's like like Mike's going to whoever and be like, I don't care. As long as it's not me. Daniel, same thing. Chanel, same thing. Hi and Lydia are like, well, yeah, we're two people, we're two votes. What you want? You know, <laughs> like it's it's um, you know, the only tribe right now that seems pretty tight with each other is the blue tribe. Because, you know, and maybe the orange tribe, although you know, next week's episode they did have some annoyances with Jonathan. Um and you know, I feel like this is setting up for a really good merge. Um, and I kind of wish, I'm kind of hoping, I was kind of hope, I was kind of hoping for like a tribe swap now. And they didn't do that last time, right? Did they do that? They didn't do it last time. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I was, I would love for like a, a tribe swap where it's seven on seven. Um, but, you know. It's probably not going to happen. I hope they don't bring me back the uh, the hourglass. <laughs> I bet there's no hourglass this season. I think after like the backlash on well, the island during yeah. filming, yeah. they were probably like, that's probably not going to play well with the fan base either. So let's not do that one again. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully Danny got to him. I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm really excited to see where the where the tribe or the or the merges go and all this stuff, because I really have no idea what's gonna happen with some of these tribes, man. Because um, I feel like anybody could go home at this point. Like, what if say say for example, Tori finds the beware advantage. They all say their phrases. Mike now has a vote and an idol. Like that kind of opens up. Does Mike join High and Lydia, or does Mike join, you know, Daniel and somehow Chanel? You know, like what that Greed Tribe is just chaos, man. 
it's gonna go it's gonna go downhill fast. That's my prediction is we're gonna get to the merge with like four from orange, five or four from blue, and then like two from green tribe, even though they are the last people to lose any. That's my prediction. Wow. Or are they yellow? Are they green or yellow? They're green. They're green. Okay, but Lydia's wearing yellow, and that throws yeah. me off. Yeah. So yeah, man. Uh it's it's been a good it's been a good few episodes to start the season. A lot of character development. Like I was kind of thinking, I was like, Lydia's too much of a star to go home this early i was like i don't think she would have been getting the edit that she's getting not that i think she's getting like a winner's edit but like she's getting more of like a fun character edit that i know sir the survivor production didn't want her to go home not saying that they did anything but like to keep her from going home but i i definitely think that the way that they edited it i was like i could totally see jenny going home here because we don't really know Jenny. We're not attached to Jenny. Jenny probably wouldn't have got casted without some good qualities that would have come across well on television. But we like didn't get any of her story or anything. And yeah. I was like really rooting for Lydia. So I was like, I bet Jenny's in the end going to go home. High is going to save the day. High gets the MVP from this episode for sure, right? Uh, Yeah, but I wouldn't say... A lot of people are saying high was so good in this episode like he did so well it's like i feel like high just made the correct plays when everyone around him made just really dumb plays you know like high said i'm not changing my vote i'm gonna go to rocks and he didn't do a stupid meaningless split vote like i feel like that's not those aren't like mega mind plays you know those are just really solid plays in an unpredictable game where everyone else is freaking out around you, you know? Yeah. I mean, you just got to get on base, man. Sometimes you just got to go up there to the plate, get, get down, get, get, get up in the count two one, you know, just get on base, get a nice, a nice, uh, grounder through the gap, you know, get on base, get a good single survivor is at a point. And this will probably change next season once players like are more prepared for the unpredictability of like the new era, quote unquote. But coming in, I feel like the late thirties really showed survivor players. Like if there is a chance for an advantage, you have to try to get it. You have to be looking for advantages everywhere, even at challenges this and that. And now it's like not as much trying to find an advantage as of you're probably going to get an advantage at some point. Just don't mess it up right. and stay in the game until you can get one. Yeah. Cause like no one on this season has gotten really scarred by someone else getting an advantage. It's the people that are getting the advantages that are the ones that are messing themselves up, which I actually enjoy. Yeah. I mean, Daniel, people like Daniel are just overplaying and overplaying and overplaying. And Chanel, 
She overplayed today. A bit bitter, right? Um, you know, it's just like, I feel like we're at a point where you have to understand the difference between making a big move and making a correct move. Because a lot of times the big move is just not going to work for you. It's not smart. Um, and it's like not really advantageous for you to like you're saying, like pick up every advantage. If it says beware on it, you need to beware. <laughs> like, figure it out, right? Right? You know, they're not going to lie to you like that. Like, you know, at least we hope not. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's a different game. Um, and I don't, I don't know if it's a different game in terms of as traumatic a different game as Jeff Probst would like to say, where he's like, this season we're doing things that you've never seen before. And it's like, okay, well you are, but it's like, not like real big. It's, you know, do like little subtle things. And it's like, Ooh, Ooh. Okay. Just like kind of weather the storm. You don't have to like, you don't have to shoot off in a rocket and get over the storm. You just have to weather it. You have to live and you have to survive and you have to make friends. <laughs> right. Um, and you know, we're seeing people not do that and be dumb. Um, so yeah, I, I, this episode was awesome. This episode was so good. Um, next episode didn't see a lot. Uh, maybe Marianne was pissed off by Jonathan. But uh, did did Omer say he's a slob? Is that what he said? I don't know. He's like messy. You're literally outside. Did he say messy? I I thought maybe he said like he like opens his mouth too much or something like that. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. He opens his mouth like to talk, or when he's chewing. He's. he's, I thought. I thought it was like he was being loud because Marianne was like John's getting on my nerves. So I think maybe. You know, Jonathan like was like I could see Jonathan being like, you know, you know, I'm glad you're here, but you were almost not here. <laughs> like you know, honestly, Marianne has no right to get <laughs> onto someone else for opening their mouth. I mean, I, I would want her out. She's, she's a fun television character. You know, spending an hour episode once a week where she gets five to ten minutes of shine. Okay, I like that. But these people are with each other 24 hours a day. And that's just too much. That's way (laughs) too much. We all know people who we really like, but we don't want to be around all the time. We all know people like that. I would I'm not going to name it. names on this podcast, but we all know people <laughs> like that. And so it's good like to to have her on TV, but as a tribe mate, I would be like, "Nah, I'm done." I would like give testimonials all the time. <laughs> I'd be like, "Hey producer, you want to come here for a second? Ask me some questions. I'll I'll tell you, I'll talk to you. <laughs> Can you give me like 2 hours?" <laughs> um you know, just to like get away or just like, cause if you go, if you go off and like to fire your lonesome, people are gonna think you're looking for, looking for an idol. Just be like, I'm going to be talking to a, I'm going to talk to this guy. Yeah. If you go while. off, you have to just like go out to the beach, like in front of camp and sit there and yeah, hope no one comes to talk to you. But then still you're sending a message of like, I don't want to be around y'all right now, which isn't a good socially. So it's a very Correct. hard game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, like, 
literally anything you do could be the thing that rubs someone the wrong way. It's like, I don't really want to be with this person anymore. It's like, it's like parenting, right? Every parent screws up their kids somehow, right? But it's like, you just never know, you know, <laughs> you never know when it's going to be. You never know what moment they're going to hold on to. And uh, as much as everyone may be getting irritated with Marianne, you also have to remember that Marianne may be getting irritated with you and you got to figure that out. Um, so it's kind of, uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm not on the island. Uh, I'm glad I'm sitting here and talking about it with you and uh, laughing at Daniel's absolute just stupidity tonight um, and not having to go seven days without food and be laughed at by America. So, yeah. Um, True that. What you got going on this week, my guy? Anything? Anything else on the episode? And if not, just what you got going on? Um, I'm I'm not I'm doing a lot of things. Um, working a lot. I've done a couple extra coffee events this week. Um, Ooh, what with, is a coffee event? Well, it's with the guy who roasts our coffee beans. Um, proverbial cup roasters, they do catering. So I've done an event the last two days, two days ago, we were at dollar, the dollar general headquarters, which if you haven't been to it, most people haven't. It's like your Greenbrier, right? Yeah. It's in Goodlettsville. Okay. And it's sick. It's like this huge office park and it feels like you're, you're in like a really nice place i mean like it was it was it was cool and then today we were uh we were in one of the state buildings downtown at some event like for doctors and from across the state and stuff so that's getting a little extra extra cash in my pocket so i'm thankful for that but just trying to keep my head above water do get my homework done and do the thing i i wish i had more time to watch basketball this weekend but i'll probably catch a little bit of it vanderbilt yeah. losing last night was upsetting yeah but how do we feel nit the, uh, so whatever how do we feel about the logo terrible yeah all-time bad logo it looked i mean i think i saw julian terrell tweeted something out He's like, I could have made that as a first draft <laughs> on <paint>. Photoshop. <laughs> yeah. He's like, it's just a V. <laughs> it's a it's a V with a gradient. Like, yeah. It's terrible, man. Um, like, did you and that's see... the thing. Like, they're like, we need to make it simple, but then you're gonna make it simple and like weirdly modern. Yeah, and it's just I... bad. The star was great. I thought the star was, I mean, it was incredibly simple. It was a star with a V in the middle. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I love, I love the black and gold as long as the black is like very prevalent in the color scheme. Now the black is almost gone and it's just a gold V and it's like, wow. Did you see the, uh, what the Xavier men's basketball Twitter page tweeted out after they yeah. won? Wow. That was, that was really petty. Yeah, they turned the V and made it an L. And um, it was very funny, I thought. But it's, uh, 
It is very sad. It wasn't <laughs> even like the bar stool Xavier. It was just no. straight up Xavier basketball. <laughs> just kicking us while we're down. You know, like it's not enough that this non-rival lost to you and you ended their season. Let's just make fun of them some more. Honestly, and their fan base. Xavier and Vanderbilt should be rivals, though. They're yeah. four and a half hours apart. They're both, both private, private schools. schools. They're of, of the same level of goodness in basketball, thereabouts. Could yeah. be a fun a fun rivalry. They're about the same level of goodness in football, too. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that'll change. Hopefully Vanderbilt change. probably gets them in baseball. Mm-hmm. Xavier, Xavier probably gets Vanderbilt in basketball most years these days, though. Yeah, for sure. So, but women's bowling, I I would put my money on Vanderbilt. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Tennis, probably Vanderbilt. Yeah. The, uh, I went to the the Belmont and Dayton NIT games. And I will say, um, the energy in that gym was awesome. It was like, it was way better than when I got season tickets to see Darius Garland. Um, it was great. So, I mean, hopefully Scotty Pippen Jr. stays and we have a good team next year that maybe makes the tournament and the gym is, you know, pretty awesome and I'll, I'll start going more. I mean, you know? I I haven't watched as much Scotty Pippen Jr. as someone who should be speaking on the matter, but... I he's not going to be an an NBA player, like he's not. He the amount of times against Xavier where he drove into the lane and then threw it to no one, is just not something that's going to fly in the NBA. He doesn't have the ability to get past college defenders at the level he needs to. He gets to the free throw line a lot, which is good, but he's not even going to be able to get into the paint in the NBA. He's not a good enough shooter, and unless his defense is like he needs to turn into like Gary Payton two on uh, Gary Payton the second on defense for him to be a serious prospect. I think uh, so. I've checked like NBA mock drafts, and I haven't seen one that has him in the first two rounds. So um, he should come back, uh, but I could see him as a guy that kicks around the G League for a while. Maybe signs a couple ten day contracts. But yeah, we, I don't see him as like a starting point guard in the NBA ever. Yeah, I mean he'll he'll get, you know he'll get um, signed to ten days when the rest of the team gets COVID, you know something like that. <laughs> I can see him feeling like a Javon Carter role though, you know. Javon uh, Carter was a way better college basketball player than Scotty Pippen <laughs> Jr. He's also older. Like Javon Carter was like twenty four when he graduated. Like that dude was old. Yeah, so he was good. <laughs> but I to you know I don't think Stackhouse is a good coach, but Vanderbilt actually has some dudes that look like they should be playing like high level D one basketball, which is an upgrade over all of the Bryce Drew teams. And if Stackhouse is able to get guys that are legit power conference D one players who aren't jumping to the pros and they're staying for four years, Vanderbilt could – that's the niche Vanderbilt needs to be in. They don't need to be recruiting one-and-dones. 
they need to be getting four-year guys but that are still like power conference level talents yeah and i i think i think he's a he seems like a decent enough recruiter and i think he's a decent enough developer he at least knows what it takes to be in the nba he's worked with g league teams like i feel like you know he has a solid pitch with guys it's like hey if you want to go to the nba i think i can maybe get you there um which I think is great for Vanderbilt because we need players, <laughs> right? Um, I feel like Kevin Stallings was able to, to work with maybe less talented rosters, but, I mean, he made the Sweet 16 like twice in his his whole tenure, right? And then he had a couple really great teams, like the Festus Azili John Jenkins team didn't even make the Sweet 16. So. Van- okay, Vanderbilt making the Sweet 16, though, is a huge accomplishment. It's really nice, yeah. Yeah, I mean... People are like, man, he can't can't get over the hump. It's like getting over the hump for Vanderbilt is winning any games in the tournament. That's over the hump. Yeah. Because we got, you know, Stallings left for Pitt, and I don't know what happened to him. I think he only lasted there for a year or something. Yeah, they were terrible. But, I mean, Bryce Drew didn't get anything out of our, our team. He, he didn't he take him to that one playing game? Wasn't that our last tournament bid? They went to the playing game, played like Wichita State, and got absolutely beat down. Maybe something like that with like Riley Lachance or something like yes, that. Yes, Luke Cornette. Um, but yeah, I'm I haven't been impressed with Stackhouse until like late this season, and. If he's able to keep it, keep the momentum, that's that's a good thing. But we'll see. Um, yeah. Well, I think I think that's everything. Uh, I'm gonna be chilling, waiting for, um, you know, basketball of course this weekend, uh, and potentially trying to find a job or, um, you know, if you if you need if you have any photography or videography needs, let me know. I'm about to get my website up, um, and I I would like to say I'm, I'm budget at this point. So let me know your budget, and I'll tell you what I could do for you. So uh, yeah, uh, let me know if if you want such a thing. Um, and I guess I guess that's it. Do you have anything else to add, Michael? Nope. I need to go to sleep. Perfect. Well, for my brother Michael, uh, this is Joel Klinger. Uh, and for episode three of Survivor 42, this has been the Clingers Have Spoken. See ya.